so I, t I told you this already, but when I initially made my notes, it was nine pages long. So I have some thoughts here. I bet you do. So let's get into it. I'm Mal. And I'm Julie. And this is Demigod Debut, a podcast where we talk through Julie's first time reading the Percy Jackson and the Olympians series. We love a first time. That we do. Um, this week we have chapters seven through nine, which are kind of our last info dump world building type chapters before we get to the really, really good stuff, at least in my opinion. So without any further ado, chapter seven, my dinner goes up in smoke. Um, so we kind of left off in chapter six with Percy had just blown up the bathroom with Clarice. And so we open chapter seven and camp is kind of staring at Percy because they heard what had happened. Or maybe they were just looking at Annabeth, who is still dripping wet. And I am the number one Annabeth Chase defender, but I'm a little mad here that they did not let my girl at least take a shower. Um, but maybe this is just the teacher's pet in her. Like, she has a job to do. She's supposed to show Percy around camp, and she's going to do it come hell or high water. Right. <laughs> Thank you. I will be here all night. <laughs> So Annabeth is showing him all the things, the forges, the arts and crafts cabin, and a climbing wall that spews lava and clashes together if you don't climb fast enough. And since I am now an insufferable rock climbing girly, uh, I have some questions about this. Of course this. you do. Of course you do. I just, I just want to know the logistics here. I mean, are we bouldering? Are we top roping? Like, are we, are we tied in? How tall is this rock wall? How long do you have before there's lava? Like... Surely we're not just letting these kids climb, like, a super tall rock wall, just, like, free solo. That feels like a nightmare. They are half god, so they could probably handle a little bit. Of lava? Wh what about what about the human part? Like, the human part is definitely not immune to lava. Or is it? Do you think they can just, like, play with the lava? You know how you always want to, like, just dip your hand in lava when you see it? Do you think they ever do that? Sure, sure, right. Every time I see lava. How how often are you coming across lava, like, and wanting to touch it? Actually, no. Don't answer. This, this didn't need to happen. So. <laughs> so, Percy apologizes to Annabeth and says that what happened in the bathroom wasn't his fault, which isn't true, but he doesn't know how he did what he did. Annabeth says he should talk to the Oracle. Percy asks who. Annabeth says not who, what. And Percy just kind of wishes that someone would give him a goddamn straight answer for once. Um, and I'm sure you are also starting to wish this. Percy sees some teenage girls in the lake and Annabeth says not to encourage them because naiads are terrible flirts. And that's the final straw for Percy. He says, I want to go home. And Annabeth says, this is the home for kids like us. And this is the first time that someone tells him that his dad is a god. And... I kind of freaked out last week. I was like, this is the first time anyone's telling him his dad's a god. And no, it wasn't. That was the first time someone was telling him about the gods. This is the first time someone is telling him that his dad is a god. And Percy asks if, you know, is everyone here a demigod? So then he asks who Annabeth's dad is, and she answers that he's a professor at West Point. Oh. Sorry, I had to. <laughs> uh, Annabeth says that she hasn't seen him since she was small, which, side note, Annabeth, you are 12. You are currently still small. And she calls Percy sexist for assuming it has to be a male god having kids with a human female, which, real win for feminism here. Like, hooray, goddesses can be deadbeat parents too. <laughs> it's also a little heteronormative, because why does it have to be a male god and a female human? Like, why could it not be a male god and a male human? Or a female god and a female human? Like you're telling you're telling me that two gods can't have a child if they're like the same sex? Come on. They're gods. They can do whatever they want. So I will say, and maybe this is a spoiler, but this series is a little bit heteronormative, but it does get gayer in the second and then even gayer in the third kind of Really? Series. And there are demigods who have same sex, I guess, parents. Mm, that might be a reason to continue reading these books. I'm gonna I'm gonna need some more reasons, I gotta be honest. I mean, at the very least, stay for the gay stuff. Yeah, stay for the gay stuff. I also I also think it gets more interesting and fun once you're not being constantly bombarded with information at camp. Mm. Um like you're still you're still new to this world and like you still have all these things to figure out. So 
as you predicted, Annabeth's mom is indeed the most annoying know-it-all goddess, aka Athena. Um, ah. And she's the goddess of wisdom and battle strategy. And Percy asks who his dad is, and once again he's told he is undetermined, and that sometimes campers will, like, sit at camp in the Hermes cabin for years and never be claimed. Aww. I know, I know. Like, you have these children, and then you're not even, you like, you can't even go to the trouble of telling them they're your parent. Not a good look for the gods. Mm-mm. I'm calling Jerry Springer. <laughs> um, Percy asks if he has to stay at camp forever. Annabeth says that if you are a child of Aphrodite or Demeter and you aren't very powerful, you might just stay at camp for the summer. Um, but for some demigods like her, it's too dangerous for them to go home, so they just live at camp year-round. And she also tells Percy that monsters can't get into camp unless they are summoned, which will be relevant in about two chapters here. You read this. You know. Um, Annabeth tells Percy she's been at camp since she was seven, shows him her camp necklace that has five beads and a college ring, and I am a girly who attended the Texas A&M University, so our college ring... Boo! Boo you! Um, our college rings are <laughs> kind of a big deal, so I have a lot of questions about this college ring. Um, I want to know where her dad got it, number one, because if he teaches at West Point, it doesn't necessarily mean that he went there. Um, so it could be from another college. I don't know. Then, like, what does a West Point ring even look like? It also just, it feels like a very weird memento to just, like, give your kid randomly. Like, it feels like having your dad's ring on your necklace makes it feel like he's dead. <laughs> But she's talking about him in the present tense. So, like, he's not dead. <laughs> and, like, obviously I've read this before, so, like, I know that her dad is not dead. So I don't really know where I'm going with this, but... Maybe she's just so anti-war, like, that him being a West Point, like, faculty is, like, means, like, but he's dead But her mother her. is literally the goddess of battle strategy, so I feel like she's not anti-war. Well, that makes... That means I don't like her. So, sorry, Annabeth, you suck. Wow. That's that's a hot take. Anti-war girlies only. Anti-war girlies only. That's that's a hot take. Um, not that not the anti-war girly part, but the not liking Annabeth. Um, Just saying. That might be enough for me to end this friendship. Maybe maybe she needs to get a better moral backbone. Then, to say, she wants to act like an adult. Listen, Annabeth rocks. She needs to be anti-war. Come on. Stop believing in your parents' politics. She's 12. She has time to stop believing in her parents' politics. I mean, I was still kind of quoting my parents' politics at the age of 12. And you've read Chapter 9. You know that she's going to go on the quest to stop the war. So we're at least a little bit anti-war. I guess. I will defend her with my life. You don't know her like I do. And you're not allowed, you're not allowed to say mean things about her. <laughs> She's not pro-war. She's just pro-having a strategy for whenever men start wars. And that's just good sense. That's that's common sense. Like, you need to be prepared because inevitably wars are going to start. Anyway. <laughs> so she gets real weird about her past and won't tell Percy why she came to camp at age seven. Um, and Annabeth tells Percy that he would need permission if he wanted to leave camp. But Chiron and Mr. D don't give that unless you get a quest, but that probably won't happen because of what happened last time. And we do a lot of implying that, like, the last time something happened didn't go well. Like, Grover's last mission, um, the last quest, lots of things. Percy mentions that he heard something in the infirmary about the summer solstice, and she says um, that she went to Olympus with some other campers for a field trip, and... Um, surely the, surely I have pointed out before on our tours of New York, when I'm pointing out Percy Jackson things, um, surely I've pointed out that the Empire State Building is the home of Olympus. Yes, yes, I do remember that. You probably mentioned that when we went there. <laughs> oh, I'm, sh I'm sure that I did. I probably just ignored you, to be honest. <laughs> right, because, because I'm insufferable. <laughs> Absolutely. You're like, okay, great. Uh, but Annabeth says that things got weird after they visited, like the weather got crazy, kind of like the gods were fighting, and from what she's figured out, something important was stolen, and it needs to be returned by the summer solstice. And so, clearly she's been hoping that someone like Percy would show up, and she'd get a quest, and they could work together. She says Athena can get along with anyone, except for maybe Ares, but then she's got a rivalry with Poseidon. I'm sure that won't come up again. 
haha. Um, then she gets on this tangent about how if they would just tell me what's wrong, I've got to get a quest, I can fix things, um, I'm not too young. Like, when I was reading this as an 11-year-old, I was like, yeah, she's not too young, tell her what's going on, she can fix things. But now as an adult, I'm like sweet baby like you don't know anything like you've been you've been living at this camp since you were seven years old and you don't know how the real world works so i don't know that you can fix the problems you just she's so ambitious you know or weren't we all at that age yes the not to quote ted lasso here but what is that quote that keely says where she's like 13 year old girls are dark and mysterious yes and, and powerful <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Like, there's just... A middle school-aged girl is unlike any other. So actually, maybe... Maybe I would trust her more than any of the old white men in our government. Oh, for sure. Annabeth Chase for Queen of Everything. Uh, I'm not a monarchist, but, you know, we'll, we can make her Senate parliamentarian or something. Okay. That's fair. I'm, I'm sure she would like that. A nerd like her, she'd eat it up. Be great. She'd be so... Actually, she would put so many senators in their place, it'd probably be hilarious. Like you can't, you can't say that. Those, that's out of order. I'm actually mad. Elect Annabeth Chase to Senate. Elect Annabeth Chase to Senate. Let's do it. So Percy goes back to cabin eleven, and Luke comes over and gives him a sleeping bag and some toiletries he quote unquote stole from the camp store. He and Percy have a little talk where Percy says he doesn't even believe in gods, and Luke tells him it doesn't get any easier when you do start to believe in them. And Percy asks about his dad, and Luke pulls out a switchblade, and Percy thinks he's going to get stabbed. Jeez. I mean, he doesn't. He starts cleaning his shoe. Um, but it it does feel very much like a power move, and very much like a, mm, don't talk about my father. Don't ask me about my father. I don't want to talk about that. Um, but then Luke kind of gives him a rundown on Hermes, and... Hermes is the god of a lot of things. However, he is not the god of medicine. Luke does say he is the god of medicine. He is not. Um, that's Asclepius. Really? Yes. Oh. Or sometimes in this series they say it's Apollo because Apollo was the god of medicine and then his son, Asclepius, kind of took over. But Hermes is not the god of medicine. Ooh, I like it. A correction. Yeah. Um, the other stuff, though, seemed correct. Hermes is the god of messengers, thieves, travelers, anyone who uses the roads. Um, he's also the god of athletes and speed, which is very fun to me. Um, and I think it is time for me to tell my unhinged Hermes story. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, God is right. So picture this. It is the year 2022. It is November. And it's a couple days after the New York City Marathon. And so... For some reason, my TikTok is, like, covered in videos of people who would run the marathon. And so that day, I'm sending all these um, TikTok videos to a friend of mine trying to convince her that, like, we could totally do this. Like, this looks so fun. We should totally do this. <laughs> Never mind the fact we have not run more than, like, three miles ever at a time in our life. Um, and so on that same day that I'm doing that, they drop a bunch of casting for the TV show. And... They drop the casting for Hermes, and it is Lin-Manuel Miranda. Oh, no. There are a lot of things that really set me off about that. Number one, and this is kind of a spoiler for this book, but it's relevant. Number one, Hermes does not appear in this book. Hmm. So it was like, like we did not know that we were going to get a Hermes casting for season one, which is only supposed to cover the first book. And then number two, it was just like felt so random that it was Lin-Manuel Miranda that I was just like it just made me feel I was like you know what like I'm gonna run a fucking marathon like if this can happen I'm gonna do it and then I like watched Lin-Manuel Miranda in the show last week and he wasn't bad like I enjoyed him as Hermes so this all may have been an overreaction um but this is a thing that I do now, because, um, like, I ran a marathon in November, I'm going to run the New York City Marathon next November, so thanks to Lin-Manuel Miranda for that one. It's the only good thing he's ever done. <laughs> um, I thought his performance as Hermes was pretty good. I didn't hate him. I thought I was, I thought I was going to watch that's it. Not, that's not a moral good thing. <laughs> <laughs> it's not morally good. I thought I was going to watch it, and I was just going to be like, oh, it's Lin-Manuel Miranda, he's here. But, I don't know. 
I, I enjoyed it, actually. But also, when I, when I ran my marathon in November, one of my friends made me an Annabeth-themed sign, which was very nice. Um, shout out to Hannah. Aww. Yeah, loved that. Um, one, of, one of the nicest things anyone has ever done to me. Done for me, not to me. That's the Hermes story. Back to the book. So Luke tells Percy he's only met his dad once, but that doesn't matter because the campers here are good people, they're family, and they take care of each other. Um, Percy asked what Clarice meant when she joked about him being big three material and what Annabeth might have meant when she said she thought Percy was quote unquote the one. And Luke tells him he hates prophecies and that a couple years ago he had a failed quest to the Garden of the Hesperides, I think? Um, I always read it as Hesperides as a kid, but Ides feels a little more Greek, so I assume it's Hesperides, but I don't know. Um, but since Luke failed, there haven't been any quests since, but Annabeth is dying to get one, and so she pestered Chiron, and he told her that he had a prophecy from the Oracle that said she wouldn't get to go on a quest until someone special came to camp, which that just feels like, like, as a teacher, that feels like something you would tell an annoying kid so they stop asking you questions mm -hmm. yeah. like sometimes you just lie to a child um but i don't think this was a lie but also then maybe it was because pro prophecies are confusing and like why would he know that i don't know i don't know um so luke just says that annabeth thinks that everyone is the special person that she's waiting for so they go to dinner and percy does a lot of like explaining the layout of things and like meh I'm not going to say all of that. There's there's a fire pit in the middle. There's four empty tables. The rest of the tables all have people at them. And the Hermes table is really crowded. They have barbecue, um, which, being a girly from Texas, I do not trust northern barbecue. Every time you say that, I get, like, Civil War flashbacks. Like, every time you say, like, I don't trust northern barbecue. I'm like, this, it's over, Matt. You guys lost. You have to put up with our food now. Oh, my God. I... I want to go on the record and say that I am not, like, a Confederate flag-waving Southerner. <laughs> I just feel very strongly about, like, Tex-Mex food and barbecue. You were so far from that. You're so far from that. But every time you say Northern barbecue, I'm like, what the hell is this? What year is this? Give me a break. <laughs> I, I actually, I always have a lot of thoughts about the food, actually, also, because um, he gets a blue cherry Coke. And I was wondering about the science behind turning a brown drink blue. Like, do you think you can do that? Like, I almost want to get food coloring. It's magic, Mal. It's magic. Come on. <laughs> no. I need, I need actually... You're telling me you don't think they put caramel coloring? They put caramel coloring in regular Coke. I just need everything to be rooted in reality. Okay. No, okay, you're right. You're right. It's just Coke that wasn't turned brown that then they turned blue. That's okay. Yeah. See, because I was just picturing, like, regular brown Coke that someone added food coloring to, and I don't think that you could do that. You ever had the Dr. Pepper strawberries and cream? No. <gasps> it's so good. And I hate soda, but I put up with the carbonation because it's so good. But it, it throws me off that it's brown. Mm. But it's... It's so good. It's girl dinner. That's what I'll have for dinner. It's a Dr. Pepper strawberries and cream. It's so good. I found it because one of those memes. Like, I was like, oh, I should try that soda. Okay, well, I'm gonna have to try that. But I don't know. I have enough. Not to, not to get back on my, actually, back on my things that are not as good in the North. Dr. Pepper is not everywhere the way that it is in Texas. Like, I love a Diet Dr. Pepper. Like, that is my little treat. And the fact that I cannot just, like, walk in to any place and just get myself a Diet Dr. Pepper <laughs> kills me. How is that different from Coke, I guess? I don't understand how all the colas are different. Is it a cola? They they have slightly different tastes. I don't think I've ever had, actually, a Coke or a Pepsi, and I have no interest in trying it, so I... I'm out of my depth on this conversation. I just like the strawberries and cream because it tastes like a creamsicle. But oh my god, it's, it's a great little... That's my treat. Yeah, I'll treat myself and have a little soda and then it goes up. I hate carbonation because it like goes up my nose. And so I have to deal with... That's my punishment for drinking the soda. Anyway. anyway. <laughs> 
Um, so with the blue Coke, Percy drinks a little toast to his mom and says if the underworld is real, he is going to get her back. Hades Town arc for Percy? Ooh. Um, I just made that reference because I knew that you would get it and appreciate it. Yes. Um, so Percy learns that the gods like burnt offerings, and so he like scrapes some of his brisket into the fire. And it smells like baked goods. This is making me hungry. Have you had dinner? I haven't eaten oh. dinner yet. This is making no. I'm, this is making me hungry. Anyway, back to brisket. Um. Yeah. So we scrape a piece of brisket into the fire, and it smells like baked goods and wildflowers. And Mr. D tells everyone that Capture the Flag will be on Friday, and he introduces Percy as Peter Johnson. And then he sends them off to the campfire. They sing songs. They eat some mores. And Percy's starting to feel like this might be home. And so of course. He gets ominous again. He's like, I wish I would have known how briefly I would get to enjoy my new home. Dun, dun, dun. And now you've read eight and nine. Yeah. So like, yeah. So you, you know what yeah. he means by this, but I don't know. Any, any thoughts on this chapter? I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of foreshadowing and like building to things here. So uh, one thing that we didn't talk about and it's not significant at all, but it freaked me out. Like a girl melts from a tree, from a maple tree. Did you do you remember that? What the what the hell is that about? It's because she's she's a wood nymph for a dryad or something. Like she's I don't like that. Yeah, they're like the spirit they're like the spirits of trees. Ugh. I don't like it. Gross. <laughs> Gross? What do you mean? She's melting from the tree. That doesn't sound disgusting to you. I mean human flesh. I've watched too many episodes of Bones. Like the graphics in that show are like incredibly disgusting, so that's what I'm imagining someone melting from a tree. Oh god. Yeah. Not a good image. Anything else? Uh, I can't wait till he goes to the underworld and like sings the Hades Town songs. I that's what I want to happen. In this. I know it's not going to, but I'm gonna pretend it happens in my head. King of mortar, king of bricks. The river sticks is a river of stones. I, I know the songs from Hades Town. None of that was correct. <laughs> all that, all that. <laughs> I this is embarrassing, Mal. Come on. I know, I know. I'm trying to think how literally any of the epics start, and there's three of them. Come back to New York. Let's go see Hades Town again. Yes. All right. Chapter eight. We capture a flag. So this is where we finally kind of get your training montage, sort of. Um, he has ancient Greek lessons with Annabeth, and then spends the rest of his time trying to figure out what his gifts are. So he's not very good at archery. He loses all his foot races to the wood nymphs, um, and he says it's humiliating to lose to a tree. He gets pulverized by Clarice at wrestling, but he's really good at canoeing. <sighs> and he feels like everyone is watching him, trying to figure out who his dad might be. Um, but these aren't exactly the skills that people expect from someone who slayed the Minotaur. And Luke kind of says he might be a child of Hermes, like a jack-of-all-trades, master-of-none thing. But Luke doesn't really seem to know what to make of him either. And this is the point where I, as an adult, want to start, like, banging my head against the wall. Because I'm like, literally, someone connect these dots. It's so obvious. Like, you have all these rumors flying that he might be quote-unquote big three material. Like, and then he's doing all these water things. Like, why is everyone not like, oh, I think his dad might be Poseidon. They're all morons, I guess. It's like, come on, open your eyes. Oh wait, can I can I say something real quick? Yes, this is, say something. This is not this is totally off topic, but I want to say it before I forget it. The kid who plays Percy in the show. Oh, Walker Scobell? Yes. He's from Fairview, which is my neck of the woods. Literally like right next door to where I live. Really? Anyway, my my boss told me that cuz I told him you were we were doing a podcast and I was reading this book for it. And he was like, oh, I'm watching that show with my kids. He's like 40 years old. His kids are like 13 and 9. <laughs> and so they're watching the Disney Plus show. And he's like, did you know the kids from Fairview? I was like, oh my God, no way. And I was like, I have to tell my friend that. So I needed to tell you before. I don't think I knew that. That's that's cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. It makes, it makes me happy to hear that like 13-year-olds are watching this because like yeah, some of my students are watching it, but also I feel like most of the people that I interact with who are watching this are, like, also grown adults. So I'm like, oh, good, kids are watching this. Because <laughs> they are, in fact, you know, the target audience. Mm -hmm. anyway. anyway. So, despite no one knowing who Percy's father is, um, Percy's really enjoying camp. And 
but he's starting to kind of see why other campers are getting bitter towards their parents, and he wonders why the gods don't call every once in a while, or, like, thunder or something. And he has his first sword fighting lesson with Luke, but none of the swords feel right for him. And then Luke and Percy pair up for dueling, which, that's, like, trial by fire. I mean, Luke is the best swordsman in, like, what, two, 300 years, they say? And... Like, he's, he's going to just wipe the floor with Percy, and he does. Um, but then they take a break, and then Luke dumps some water on his head, and Percy's like, that seems like it would feel really good. And so he dumps water on his head, and somehow, when they return, Percy manages to hold his own and disarm Luke. And once again, he has no idea what happened or where this, like, strength came from. But Luke seems really interested in him, and is like, oh, I wonder what Percy could do with a better sword. Any thoughts on sword fighting? Is that like a homoerotic joke or something? <laughs> I didn't intend for it to be. Um, and hopefully not in this situation because Luke is like 19 and Percy is 12. So I'm get, I get bad vibes from Luke, though. So I'll tell you that he's giving me bad vibes. I'm suspicious of Luke. I mean, he is he is a white man. <laughs> so Percy talks to Grover um and asks like how his conversation with mr d went and if his career is still on track and grover talks about wanting a searcher's license and percy has no idea what that is but he doesn't ask and instead asks if grover got credit for completing his assignment grover says that mr d said that their fates are still tied together and if percy got a quest and grover went maybe he would consider the job complete and grover said there's no chance of you getting a quest and even if you did why would you want me along and Percy's like, of course I would want you along, but then Grover starts lamenting, like, why doesn't he have a useful skill, like, underwater basket weaving, and... Oh, I have a joke about that. Okay, it's not, well, it's kind of, it's kind of a joke, it's not really a joke, but the joke is that underwater basket weaving is, like, a dumb class that you would take in college for, like, a free credit. Yeah. And I just thought, because my dad makes that joke all the time, he's like, oh, did you take underwater basket weaving? And oh. I was like, I just thought of my dad when he's me. Because it made me think of my dad. Aww. Same with the pinochle cards. Your dad is... Your your dad should read these books. He should. Like, why am I doing this? He would, <laughs> he would have all the jokes. Book two, me and Julie's dad. <laughs> read the Sea of Monsters. Yeah. So Grover kind of... Or they, they start talking about the, the cabins. And... They point out the empty one. So you have number eight, Artemis, who is the goddess of the hunt, who is a maiden forever and has no kids. Maybe she's just a lesbian. So fun that you say that. Um, because. No, I don't want to say too much. Um, no, the second cabin is for Hera, who is the goddess of marriage. So she can't go around having affairs. And Grover says that's her husband's job. What if it's an open marriage? Can't she do it then? Polyamory? I mean... If it was an open marriage, but it's not. It's just Zeus does whatever he wants, and Hera is just kind of there. It's not great. And then he says that the big three is Zeus, Poseidon, and Hades, so the other empty cabins are Zeus and Poseidon, but Hades doesn't have one at camp, and he also doesn't have a throne on Olympus. And Grover explains it 60 years ago, and... This is 60 years based on this book taking place in 2005. Here we go. It would be closer to 80 now. Oh, yeah. Here we go. Here we go. Um, <laughs> the big three agreed they wouldn't have any more kids because they were affecting human events too much. And World War II was basically a fight between the kids of Zeus and Poseidon on one side and Hades on the other. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. World War II was a fight between who? A fight between who? Is What, what is this? What is this Holocaust revisionism that we're doing in this children's book? What are we doing? What are we doing here? I know, I know. This is one of the things that I'm like, I can't think too hard about this because it makes me feel icky. What, is like Hitler's the son of Hades? Is that what we're doing? And the I think that's what we're implying. And I hate that so much. But how? I, I have so many, so many thoughts and they're all going in different directions. But it's like, if you thought, that I honestly don't know what to say actually when I was reading this at my desk I was like I did I read that correctly did is that what he's saying World War II was about mm-hmm mm-hmm remember like last last 
it must have been last episode when we were talking about Western civilization, and you're like, oh, just wait, just wait. It's just this about World War II. Is that is that? What? Yeah, I. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I knew that this was. Well, because I'm like, okay, I can kind of see what the thought process behind it is. Like, okay, yeah, we'll get a little history in there. And I guess they're not technically trying to say that, like, the things that happened in that era didn't happen. But mm, it just, it doesn't, I don't like it. I like reducing one of the most disastrous conflicts in human history to, it was the gods' kids fighting each other. Yeah. 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 Incredible incredible writing right there. Incredible Um, creative decision. (laughs) I mean, I guess if we're going based on that, it does make sense that after that, you would have to make an oath to not have any more kids because God. I don't know. There are pretty, there are some also more fucked up things that happened after in in human history, in Western civilization, excuse me, because that's all we care about in this book. Um, that uh, uh which one of god's or which god's kid was responsible for the the um u.s involvement in the cambodian genocide just wondering who was just, just want to know was henry kissinger one of the god's kids <laughs> rest in piss henry kissinger what about in indonesia was that was that a god's child as well just just wondering yeah see it's like it's it's not a it's not a good look it's not a good look. Rwanda was that? Was that another? Was that one too? Yeah, yeah. Iraq. Oh, I could say so many things about Iraq. Was that? That's that's going on pretty much while this book is being written. Genocide in Iraq, pretty much. Was that? Who who was that? Who can we thank for that one? Who 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 claims Dick Cheney? I want to know. Oh God. Oh my God. You would be so ashamed of me. Um. In trivia this week, we had to list um, vice presidents, and for the life of me, I know, I know, you're making a face. None of us could think of Dick Cheney. Unfucking believable. I know, I know, and it was like after they had revealed the answer, I was like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> I was like, "Julie, Julie would be horrified. Un- Julie would be horrified." Believable. Yeah the the real world connections are not great in these books yeah i need a good iraq war allegory actually that would really make this worth reading <laughs> do we get one of those no we do not this is what 2006 2005 this was 2005 was yeah come on this is right in the heat of it this is after mission accomplished and everything i mean i imagine if we had one it would not be done tastefully or well yeah but so. that means i can make fun of it that's good content <laughs> that's what i bring to this podcast and i love you for that however back to the book <laughs> grover tells percy that 17 years ago zeus did have a daughter with some 80s actress um her name was thalia and when hades found out about her he sent all sorts of monsters to attack her she had a satyr protector who tried to guide her and some friends she made to camp and they got close, but then Thalia turned back to hold off the monster so her friends could get to safety. And when she was killed, Zeus turned her into a tree, and now her spirit helped protect the borders of camp. I have a lot to say about Thalia, um, but I also know more than you do. So, <laughs> do you have anything to say about Thalia? I just thought it'd be fun to guess who her mom was, like what the actress was. Any, any ideas? Any thoughts? I say that before, and then I was like, I don't know actually any 80s actresses. Like, um, who was big in the 80s? I only know, like, 90s. Like, I, I don't know anything about the 80s. It doesn't matter. It's not really, Never mind. Yeah, tell me all your thoughts about Thalia. I thought her name was pronounced Talia, but I don't know why. So did I. Thalia just sounds, Thalia just sounds, like, gross. I have said Talia in my head for years. The musical also says Talia, but I'm in the habit now of saying Thalia because the show calls her Thalia. That's, Talia sounds way better. Thalia sounds horrific. But I know um, in Greek mythology, one of the muses is named Thalia. And so I would assume it's like Thalia with the th sound instead of the t sound. So Mm. I would assume that's where that came from. Um, But I don't know. I don't want to share any of my thoughts about um, Thalia until they... Why? I, 
I don't know. Has it been revealed to you, like, who she was traveling with? No, I don't think so. Okay. Was it Grover? I will not confirm or deny. Because we gotta, we gotta learn Grover's fuck-up. It's gotta be Grover. That was his fuck-up, wasn't it? Well, the gods didn't want to give him a second chance, and then he got one. So I... Could be. I'm gonna... That's a prediction. Let's put that down. Okay, put that down in the predictions column. Like, Grover was, um, the... Was Thalia's satyr protector. Um, any predictions on demigod friends of Thalia's? Nope. I don't. Got nothing. Okay. Great. I mean, you don't, you don't know very many demigods yet, so... It's fine. Um, so, capture the flag time. The Hermes cabin is working with Athena and Apollo, and then everyone else is on Ares' team. Percy is on the blue team and asks Annabeth, like, what's the plan? And so Percy is on border control, which means he just has to stand by the creek, and Annabeth warns him to watch out for Clarice's spear. And then Annabeth just leaves, and Percy's kind of mad. He's like, thanks for wanting me on your team. And... Percy just kind of stands there until Clarice shows up and attacks him, and he kind of gets his ass kicked. He eats it. Her spear is electric. She also has, like, four friends with her, so it's, like, 5v1, and the poor guy just doesn't have a prayer. And so Percy tells him that the flag isn't there, the Ares kids say, oh, they don't care about the game, they care about the guy who made their cabin look stupid. And so Percy gets pushed into the creek, rookie mistake, and... Feels immediately like he just ate a bag of double espresso jelly beans. And all of a sudden, he can fight. And so he breaks Clarice's spear and takes out all of the Ares campers just as Luke runs by with the flag and wins the game. All of a sudden, Annabeth is there. She reveals she was there the whole time with her magic invisibility cap, which is, in fact, a Yankees hat. So as the biggest Yankees fan I know, what are your thoughts on the invisibility hat? Um... Actually, that's that's kind of on brand because, like, New York Yankees hat is so iconic that it's, like, it doesn't necessarily mean you're a fan. But if Annabeth, I almost called her Annabelle again, Annabeth is a Yankees fan. She's back in my good graces, so. She can be pro-war as long as she's a Yankees fan. Yeah, may I remind you after 9-11, here we go. Bring up 9-11 again. Um, <laughs> the Yankees did invite George Bush to throw out the first pitch and... Yeah, so you guys suck. And also, why did you sign Marcus Stroman? <laughs> Horrible move. Horrible move. Anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Annabeth's hat is iconic, and it is also the reason that me, an Astros fan, owns a Yankees cap. That is not why. No, but it is. It is. Because <laughs> I would not have bought it to go to Yankees games if not for her. I don't believe you. I really I don't believe you. Listen, I'm a fan of another team. I could not put that hat on my body without mm -hmm. bursting into flame, if not for <laughs> No, that's not true. You live in New York. You have to own a Yankees cap. We went to multiple Yankees games that the Astros were not at. That's true. It's true. And also, it's just an iconic fashion look. So It really is. You know, the Astros fan thing is a red flag of mine that you overlook. Huge red flag. So yeah. maybe, maybe I could find it in me to overlook the fact that you don't like Annabeth. Um, or if you end up not liking these books. Maybe. Listen, it's maybe it's a she reminds me too much of myself and I'm filled with self-hatred thing. So maybe that's why I don't like her. Yeah. You see too much of your 12-year-old self? Yeah, I was incredibly annoying. She's incredibly annoying. Like, it's just... That's not, like, a character flaw. That's just how these kids are. Like, that's... She's a kid. She's supposed to be annoying. I don't fault her for that. I just find her annoying. I also find her annoying, but I also just love her. Um, yeah. So, Percy is mad that Annabeth set him up and used him as bait, and she said, I was right there, I would have stepped in if you needed help, but you didn't need help. And so she notices that his sword cut is healing, and asks how he did that. And she asks him to step out of the water, and he almost falls over. And Annabeth finally connects the dots. Ugh. Finally! And she says, ugh, I assumed it would be Zeus. Which, okay, come on. <laughs> have you spent five minutes paying attention? Like, you have been watching him, hoping that he is going to be the one that you have been waiting for. And yet, you're like, oh, I thought it would be Zeus. Like, Annabeth. 
Like, I, I almost feel like it's more just she really, really wanted it to be Zeus. So she was, like, trying to find evidence that supported this, like, theory that she wanted to be true instead of, like, looking at the evidence mm. that she actually had in front of her. But... What is that called? What is that called? Confirmation bias? Is that what it is? Confirmation bias. I think so. Yes. That sounds right. Um. So then all of a sudden, a giant hellhound appears and attacks... And the archers kill it, but not before Percy gets cut by its claws. And Annabeth tells Percy to get in the water, and it starts healing him again. And all of a sudden, there is a green trident symbol above his head, and he is officially claimed by Poseidon. Earthshaker, Stormbringer, Father of Horses. Hail, Perseus Jackson, Son of the Sea God. And I do have to point out that every single time, it does make me go a little bit that you have, like, Earthshaker, Stormbringer, and then Father of Horses. He's a horse girl! Yes, he's a horse girl! Like, destruction, and then also, ponies! <laughs> anyway, um, anything to share about Capture the Flag or Percy's claiming? I don't know. Wait, 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 wait! Doesn't he get attacked? We're not gonna- that's, that's kind of a big thing. I feel like you just- just jump right over that? That's what I have wait. to talk about. Yes, I said that! I said that! I said that really fast. I said he got attacked by a hellhound, and- I was really excited to talk about him getting claimed. Sorry. What do you have to say about the Hellhound? <laughs> First of all, what is the Fields of Punishment? I Is that a thing? I don't know what that is. Do you know what that is? Um, The Fields... Yes. The Fields of Punishment is part of okay. the Underworld. So it's like the place that people who suck when they were alive... It's like hell. ...end up at, like after they die. It's, it's okay. basically hell. And they'll tell you more about this, like later in the book but yeah basic basically it's it's right there in the name fields of punishment punishment for dead people okay so any anything else about the hellhound yeah why clarice was very quick to say oh percy was the one who summoned it which i found very interesting i was like what the hell clarice you're just stupid and like why would he summon a hellhound to attack himself uh also suspicious yeah suspicious uh but also i think like what if he did because he was like manifesting it because he kept talking about hades in the underworld and grover was like stop talking about that stuff and i was like oh maybe maybe there's something there i don't know but i thought that was interesting that is interesting again because there's always like the there's power in a name blah 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 we have to Mm. keep going back to that so very true okay we can continue on to okay I'm sorry that I went over the hellhound too fast. Yeah, what the hell? That's my... Sorry. Okay, chapter nine. I am offered a quest. So Percy gets moved to cabin three. He has space. He doesn't have to share. He can do whatever he wants. And he says he is absolutely miserable. So everyone's treating him weirdly. Luke starts pushing him really hard in sword training. Annabeth is really distracted. And someone leaves a news article in his cabin about Sally and Percy being missing. And in the article, Gabe claims that Percy is a troubled kid who has been violent in the past. Fuck Gabe. Fuck Gabe. Amen. Um, that night, Percy has another dream. It's two men in Greek tunics fighting over something, and a voice tells Percy to come down, and the ground opens up, and he falls. Grover knocks on the door and says Mr. D wants to kill, or talk to him, and Percy expects to be punished for existing. And when they go outside, there's a massive storm brewing, and everyone's kind of eyeing it, um, even though it doesn't rain in camp unless they want to, which I think I told you... In the last episode, that it only rains yes. there if they want it to. And they go to the big house, and Mr. D tells Percy it would be easier for everyone involved if he just caused his molecules to burst into flame. But Chiron won't let him because it would be against the mission of the camp to keep the kids safe from harm. And Chiron says spontaneous combustion is a form of harm, Mr. D. Which I just think is funny. Um, <laughs> and Mr. D also offers to turn him into a dolphin and send him back to his father. Which, the dolphin thing seems kind of random and out of left field, but there is a myth about Dionysus turning a bunch of sailors into um, dolphins. So there is, like... Oh, interesting. Yes, there is a mythological background to that. And he says Chiron has another plan, but he has to get to an emergency meeting on Olympus, and if Percy is still there when he gets back, it'll be dolphin time. And he also claims that this is a better choice than Chiron's plan. And Percy admits he knows something has been stolen, and Zeus and Poseidon are fighting because he's been having these dreams. And Grover says, it has to be his quest! 
But Chiron says only the Oracle can say for sure. And Chiron explains that Zeus's master boat was stolen, and this is the symbol of his power. And it was stolen by the titular lightning thief. I just wanted to say titular. Chiron also explains that Percy is assumed to be the thief, and Zeus thinks that Poseidon is going to use the bolt to rise up against him. So Percy has to track down the bolt, return it to Zeus, in order to pre prevent Poseidon and Zeus from going to war. That's the gist of all of this. Um, is there anything that, like, jumped out at you during all this? Like, they, they give a lot of information here. Um, no, I don't really have anything. Okay, great. So then Percy goes up to the attic, which is full of all sorts of mementos, and a creepy mummy, who is kind of hippie-adjacent. And a green smoke pours out of her mouth. She says, I am the spirit of Delphi, speaker of the prophecies of Phoebus Apollo. Approach and face your destiny. That's not what she says in the book. That's what she says in the musical. Um, but I really enjoy the Oracle song in the musical. I think it's fun and dramatic. Um, yeah, that doesn't matter. But um, Percy says the green spirit doesn't feel evil. And it reminds him of the three ladies that he saw on the side of the road that cut the string. And he asks what his destiny is. And in the smoke, Gabe and his poker buddies appear, and they give him the following prophecy. You shall go west and face the god who has turned. You shall find what was stolen and see it safely returned. You shall be betrayed by one who calls you a friend, and you shall fail to save what matters most in the end. I want to hear your prophecy predictions. However, I feel like we should finish out the chapter and then do the prophecy predictions okay. at the end. Okay. Um, because I feel like you can make better predictions... At least a little bit when you like know who's going on the quest and everything. Percy goes back downstairs and tells Chiron and Grover about the prophecy, but he only tells them about the first two lines. And Chiron can kind of tell he's keeping something from him and says, Don't dwell on it because prophecies often have double meanings and things don't turn out the way you think that they will. And Chiron tells Percy that the god who turned has to be Hades because his kingdom would grow if there was a war and he's kind of bitter about the role that he has and the fact that he made this oath not to have children that then both his brothers broke and i just want to say that hades town hades would never yes oh i love him so much i have a thing for hades town hades a hundred percent i know you do and we will continue because if we're going to see hades we will continue to talk about hades town hades um so yes that's the quest is to go to the underworld and percy says he's not really scared he just wants revenge after hades tried to kill him and took his mother from him and then both me and the part of percy that hasn't lost his mind are like whoa dude um hades is a god and percy <laughs> looks at grover who is so nervous that he's now eating the pinnacle cards like chips and he feels bad that this is the quest that Grover needs to go on to, like, get his searcher's license when the Oracle said that it was going to fail. Like, they're going to fail to save what matters most. And Chiron explains that um, Percy has to be the one to do this because gods cannot go into each other's territories um, unless they're invited. But heroes can go anywhere and challenge anyone. And so Percy's, like, feeling a lot of things. He's like, my dad only claimed me because he wants something. And so Percy gives us a nice little checklist summary of the quest so number one we go to the underworld and we confront hades number two we find the most powerful weapon in the universe and three we get it back to olympus before the summer solstice in 10 days feels easy enough still a lot of book left um percy tells grover he doesn't have to come grover says if he's serious um he won't let percy down and percy is so relieved he could cry chiron tells him that the interest to the entrance to the underworld is in la because of course it is um, like, if the entrance to Olympus is in New York, the entrance to the Underworld must be in L.A. No, they should put it in somewhere in, like, Ohio. Like, the worst place you could think of. <laughs> or, like, Florida. The entrance to the Underworld is actually just in Orlando, Florida. Or, like, Cincinnati. Yuck. Like, somewhere there. Erie, Pennsylvania. So that's where you're from. I mean, we suck, but only people from Erie are allowed to say that. Sorry. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah. No, that's fair. That's fair. Um, so Percy's like, okay, I'm gonna get on a plane. And Chiron says, absolutely, you cannot do that because Zeus will blast you out of the sky. That's kind of mean. And like, why? Like, he never did anything to him. 
Like, that's so rude. It's really just the fact that he, like, Zeus, despite the fact that he also broke this oath, is, like, really pissed that Poseidon broke this oath. He only broke it once. Zeus has, like, a million kids. Like, give me a break. Well, Zeus- Wait, I want to know which who Zeus is claiming. Is Zeus claiming Stalin? Or Zeus claiming, like, Churchill and Roosevelt in the whole World War II Sons of Gods thing? That's what I want to know. Which which world leader is he is he claiming as his son? I'd like to know. That's a great question. Anyway. Um, Of them, who do you think feels the most Son of Zeus-like? And who do you think feels more Poseidon-coded? I don't know. Churchill is definitely the son of Zeus, let's be honest. Although, although, is Stalin, because Stalin was aligned with the Nazis at the beginning of World War II, was he, like, and then he switches, who, who does he belong to, I wonder? I don't know. And Mussolini, is Mussolini also son of Hades? There are so many, there are so many actors. What about Franco? Franco's definitely a son of Hades, right? Like, there are so many actors in this. I mean, sure. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> um, so Chiron says that a third person has volunteered to go on the quest. And Percy's like, geez, who would be dumb enough to want to join this shit show? And surprise, surprise, none other than Miss Chase. Home who's girl. been there in <laughs> Homegirl, who's been there invisible this whole time. She says she's been waiting for a quest for a long time, seaweed brain, and she's the best person to keep him from messing this up. And she's just jealous, I think, that she doesn't get to, like, that it's not her quest, I feel like. Like, okay, I've seen so many, um, you, you know that sound that's like, uh, I, don't, I can't remember how it starts, but the one that ends with, like, white man did it in one week. You know? Mm. No? Dang it! I was hoping you would tell me the beginning. It was like, like I've waited year f years for this. White man did it in one week. I've seen so many people making, like, TikToks and stuff to that sound with Annabeth. Like, I waited years for a quest, and white man did it in one week. <laughs> <laughs> um, Percy, so she... Annabeth has a really good nickname here um, in the use of seaweed brain. It is basically... Basically, you're calling him dumbass, but, like, safe for a children's book. And so... Percy really tries to come up with, he really tries to, like, I can't, I can't even say he really tries. Percy attempts to come up with a nickname for her and calls her Wise Girl, which, okay, one, that's, like, almost a compliment. Like, I guess he's going for, like, a, okay, wise guy kind of thing, you know? But it's, like, not good. And also, yeah. It's not even original, because Clarice is the first one to call her that back in, like, chapter six. It doesn't land. So not only is the nickname lame, it's also, like, he also didn't even come up with it. Do better, Percy. Try harder. Try harder. Come on. Yeah, so that's that's pretty much the end of the chapter. Percy says that a trio will work, and Chiron tells him that they should get packing. Um, any thoughts before we get to the prophecy, or do you just have prophecy thoughts? I just have prophecy thoughts. Fantastic. All right, so... I only have the last two lines. You only have the last two the lines. Two. Okay, great. Um, that's fine, because the first two feel pretty self-explanatory. So you go west, face the god who's turned. Um, oh my god, what what's... if they go to Portland? By accident. <laughs> that's a little <laughs> out of the way of LA. Well, you can take a flight there. Why fly do you from Portland to... to LA. He can't fly! Zeus will strike him out of the uh, sky. Uh, uh. <laughs> Okay. Wait, wait, so, he would get sucked out like that happened to that Alaska Airlines. <laughs> <laughs> and they'd call it like a Boeing like manufacturing error. That's how they would explain it in the news. So true. That's how the mist would cover that one up. Mm -hmm. Um, okay, so you shall be betrayed by one who calls you friend. Yeah, so obviously either Grover or Annabeth is gonna betray him, but I think it's gonna be an accident. So I think okay. I don't know who it's gonna be. I don't even know if he would call Annabeth a friend at this point, so maybe it's Grover. But I really don't want to see Grover mess up again, because then they're going to kill him, and that would make me sad. Um, but one of the two betrays him, but it's totally, like, by mistake. Like, they don't mean to do it. Like, I'd like to see that. Like, oh, shit. Like, I don't know. I think that would be interesting to read. Okay. And then you shall fail to save what matters most in yeah, the end. Yeah, he's not going to be able to bring his mom back. 
he really wants to bring his that's that's his ulterior motive i feel like for doing this whole thing he's not gonna be able to bring his it's gonna be an orpheus don't look and then you look and then he can't bring it back i'm not gonna say that's how it happens like it's as heartbreaking as that all right also he should do a little song when he's in the underworld yes just for hades town vibe he should uh, now I want to go listen to the album. La, I should listen. La, la, it's so good. La, la, la. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Any other like final thoughts? Mm-hmm. No, I don't really. I think I think that kind of covers it. I'm excited to kind of get into the quest now. Get some action in here. We're we're getting into the the thick of things. Um. So. Yeah, any new questions that you have that we did not already answer? Oh, why did... I thought... This is not really a question. It's more of a thought. Very interesting that Gabe manifested to tell Percy his his prophecy or his destiny. I thought that was interesting. Him and... That is very interesting. And that's always something that's been very interesting to me as well. Like, I don't exactly know why that happened. Mm-hmm. But it did. So, yeah. But yeah, that was very, very interesting. Um, Anything you are hoping to see on the quest? Wait, so how are they going to get there? Are they going to, like, Amtrak it the way? Is that how they're going to get there? I'd like to see them take an Amtrak from from New York City to LA. That's what I wanted. That's what my urbanist um, brain is thinking. I want, like, big public transportation. That's what I want. That's the dream. Can you take an Amtrak from New York to LA? You probably have to connect at different places, but I'm sure there's an Amtrak station in Los Angeles. There's got to be. You probably have to go to Atlanta and then across or something. I'm sure. Great. So next time we will read chapters 10 through 12. Um, so <laughs> something I was thinking that would be kind of fun, and you can tell me if you don't want to do this um but if you like read the chapter titles and make a guess for what's gonna happen in each one okay right now at the end of this one so um the answer or the answer the title for chapter 10 is i ruin a perfectly good bus okay so they're going he's gonna destroy the bus somehow when he's he's going to blow it up like he did the last time with a cannon or something. I'd like to see that happen. Yes, school bus cannon. Or like, or like at a gas station. Yeah, like at a gas station, it's just oh no, fireball. Okay. Chapter eleven is we visit the Garden Gnome Emporium. I think that's pretty self-explanatory. They're in like Oklahoma or something. That seems like a very Oklahoma thing. And I don't know anything about garden gnomes or what they symbolize. So that's I'm gonna leave it at that. They freaked me out. I gotta be honest. I saw Nomeo and Juliet, and it freaked me out. <laughs> I don't like them. <laughs> that's that's fair. Nomeo and Juliet was something for sure. Um, and then chapter 12, we get advice from a poodle. Yeah, this is when Percy loses his mind because he's talking to a dog. That's, that's what we're gonna go with. That's... I become a known fugitive? What the hell are some of these titles... Annabeth does obedience school? Oh my god, does Annabeth turn into a poodle? What the hell? I'm sorry. So see, see, we have a lot of we have a lot of fun to come. Um yeah, because this this is where it gets it gets wild. Um great. So I'm sure you'll find out whether or not your predictions were correct um at your desk at work at some point next week. Mm-hmm. It's when I do my best reading when I should be working. (laughs) I love that. And I hope that you're ready for a quest, because I sure am. I'm as ready as I'll ever be. here if you made it this far thanks for listening if you for some reason want more of our nonsense you can follow us on instagram or the social media formerly known as twitter at 
at demigoddebutpod or you can email us at demigoddebut at gmail.com and by us i do mean me julie is on social media lockdown until she reads the books we'll see you next time bye